miss all the fun stuff I used to do with youth. Uh, so I thought tonight, I'm just going to like, we're just going to go back in time uh, and be just a youth group tonight. Is that all good? Yeah, you're okay. Well, with youth, youth do stuff. They do anything. Um, uh, the crazier, the better. Anybody watch a show called Survivor? Ever heard of it? It's been around for a little while. Yes, they snuff out your torch. Uh, on Survivor, they always do these, um, these challenges, and there's rewards, and there's, uh, you know, you don't get voted out if you win. So tonight, we're going to have a little uh, Kingsway Survivor challenge. It's nothing gross, nothing crazy, but I, I need, you know, I want to know once and for all, like, who the supreme beings are on the planet are. Is it the men? Is it the women? Or is it the teens who think they are God in the flesh? So tonight, we, we're going we're we're to try and figure that out here with a little, uh, little competition. So do I have somebody who represent the men. No, no, you got to be a man. Represent the men. Howie Nye, I see that hand in your pocket. Come on up. You're, you're it, buddy. You're it. Sweet. Give Howie a big hand. Yep. Thank you. Come on. Good, good. I, I need somebody who can represent the women. No, you're not a woman. Come on. The women. There's a teen section coming up, a teen and child section. If you volunteer somebody, I'll just pick you. All right, sure. We'll pick your mom. All right. Oh, she's sick. Never mind. We'll take Bev Case. All right. Right on. Give Bev a big hand. I did not think this would be this difficult. Uh, all right. And for the teen section. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll take the craziest one. Right here. All right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'll do teens tomorrow. We'll do children today. All right, so, so we've got, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. It's real, it's real simple. Here, take the box, but don't look in it. This is yours. No, no, no. There's nothing, nothing um, uh, alive that you have to eat. No, Howie, we got a special one for you right here. All right, very, yeah, very special. All right, so what I want you to do, I want you to do is just take your, take your uh, box of little presents over here. You're all going to need to be on this table. Hopefully this works. The boxes don't have to go on the table, but what's in them will have to go on the table. So all I want you to do, you might, um, you might need some props or whatever. Well, if we have to back you up, if you need to grab a chair to do this, no problem. Do whatever it takes. All I want you to do is take what's in the box and build the biggest, tallest, uh, highest tower you can build as fast as you can. Tallest one. Wait, we didn't say yet. We didn't say go. You guys cheer for your, uh, the, your, your gender or your team. Uh, we'll see who, uh, who can win this. All right? So... Um, Ready? On the table, on your mark, get set, go! Let's go, let's go! Yeah, bam! Right on! Come on, Nye! Oh, he's like getting help, alright! You can't help from that side of the table. They gotta see. They gotta see. Oh man, how even with help? Let's go, let's go! Oh! 
strategy uh well i just thought that maybe they might just go a little bit excessive on theirs and if i kept mine moderately moderately low that theirs would fall and, and mine would therefore be the champion <laughs> underachievers <laughs> salute yeah right right on so um but as you can tell you still have a whole lot of blocks left no one was able to get all their blocks to to uh to actually build their stack. So we're going to get you to do something different now. Now I want you all to work together. I want you to build just one big wall out of this. All right, just across the front as many as you can. But I want a wall that's not going to fall. So you guys see that. While they're doing that, uh, multitask evening. Uh, we're, we're talking about Ephesians chapter 4. So don't pay too much attention to them. But um, yeah, I know, I know. You know, Ephesians chapter 3, or actually the first three chapters, chapter 1, 2, and 3, we learned last week that Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 is all about what God has done for you and done in you. Shh, come on, night quiet. So what he's, what he's done in, what he's already done, it's okay, it's okay. We don't want me to fall. Oh, beauty. Anybody remember some of the things that God's done in and through you that we talked about in, in the first few books of Ephesians? That was a long time ago. But anybody remember what God has done for us? Yes. Excellent. We've been blessed with spiritual blessings. Some of those would include, you know, you do something wrong and he forgives you. He's given you grace. He's given you um, unique gifts, unique talents. The boxes that I gave each of them, all different shapes and sizes, but they all contain the exact same amount of bricks, just different colors. They all had the exact same opportunity to do something with what God had done uh, in, and through their, in and through their lives. It's what the picture of this is that you know, he's given each of us grace. He's given us kindness. He's shown that to us. The Bible says he's brought us close to him. He's made us alive on the inside. He's given us the opportunity to hear his voice. And um, it says, too, that, you know, there's, there's a uniqueness. There's talents and things that he's given to each of us. But we looked at Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3 and seeing, wow, look at all the great stuff God has done in and for me. The thing is, in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, we learn why he did it. You know, the last verse in Ephesians chapter 3 talks about this thing of God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine according to the power that works within you. This idea of, wow, God, you can do great stuff. We hear Grant, that's his favorite verse. So he's talking about how God loves him more than anybody because that's his favorite verse. And, you know, it started out with one feeding and now it's 560,000 feedings uh, of food that are going to Guatemala. Why? Because God can do exceedingly abundantly more. Same, same deal, same happens for me. I started believing that. So a couple months ago, I'm looking for rain barrels. Can't find any barrels anywhere. Then Grant says, oh, you know, sometimes they blow into the field. I'll see if I can find you some. And so I, I had asked around at all these places to find rain barrels to see if I could even buy just those barrels. 
Can't find him anywhere. Then all of a sudden, they just start showing up. Grant found a couple. He brought three over. I just needed two, so he took one back. Then, my, then, uh, then I'm out in the golf course that I'm building, and uh, a rain barrel had washed up on the golf course. The river just brought it to us. I was like, well, that's cool. Then my buddy says, yeah, my brother's got some. Go pick up. Uh, go, you can go grab one. I was like, sweet. So I went there to get one. He's like, yeah, take one or four. So I was like, what? This is crazy. So I started giving them away. Then the other day, I wake up, go outside, and there's a rain barrel. Somebody had built it for me, put the spigot in and everything sitting on my drive. I'm just like, this is nuts. Like, I have, my, my garage is full of barrels. If anyone needs a, a rain barrel, yeah, all right, I see that hand. All right, so we'll uh, hook you up. But he's done it, do, doing exceedingly abundantly in my life. I was like, you know, I thought about that. It's great, all this good stuff that happens to us. How are you guys doing? That's pretty good. All right, that's, that's pretty good. We'll leave, it, we'll leave it just like that. We'll leave it just like that. Oh, right on. Right on. See, the, uh, I just don't want you to miss this point. You'll be watching them like, wow, they're really cool. Look at them build blocks. The kindergarten kids do that. But, you know, you just look like you're amazed by this. Just like concrete, right? <laughs> so with the whole idea of Ephesians 1 to 3, you can get this focus on you, that what God has done in you is all about you, and you're just going to, you know, become the best you that you could possibly be for the glory of God which is a great thought, but he said it's more than just wanting to do something in you. He's doing something in you so he can do something through you. And we learned about um, last week in Ephesians chapter 4 where he started talking about this idea of unity, wanting us to be built together. So, you know, as we look at our wall here, we've got all the different colors, building it together. Uh, the things that God's done in our life is to actually build the church, to build this group of people that are going to, you know, uh, be stuck together, sticking through thick and thin with one another. But but encouraging and, and building something greater than any of them could ever have built on their own. So I want to I ask you a question. It's going to take you at least four minutes to, uh, or, well, three minutes probably to, to answer. Um, but I want, you to, um, I want you to tell me what the, the, the two things that are in common with these next two little, two little uh, well, we'll call them snippets, all right? So Ephesians chapter 4, are you there? Let's read from verse 1. So it says, Therefore I, prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God. So always be humble. Remember that. Be gentle. We talked about that last week. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. Man, making allowance for each other's faults. So we're not dealing with perfect people here. Because of your love, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body, one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. I want to ask you, what does that have in common with this? Uh, did you guys like kid snippets? All right, good, because I got another one. Yes, the kids say yes. Remember, you got to tell me what's, what's the common between the two. Yeah, all right. Do, do, do you get it now? What did that have in common with what I just read? What's the one thing that was in common between that and what we just read in Ephesians 4, 1 to 6? What? Nothing? Who said nothing? One! One! Can everybody just pull, just say one or just one? That's the, that's the only thing I want you to remember tonight. Well, that and, and one other thing. But one! Paul is saying, I just want you to realize that there's one, one thing. And, and I guess that's my question for you at the end, too, is do you get it? Do you get it now? But you don't yet because I haven't told you. But Paul's saying this. He's like that, this idea that, that everything that God has done in you, he wants to make you one. 
He wants to make like one wall, one, this oneness. Uh, and so he talks about a few things to say to get to this idea of, you know, a church that really loves each other and uh, is unified and is, has peace. He says things like this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. We saw, make every effort, every effort. So that's not just an effort. He's like, don't just try once to live in peace with people. He's not saying you have to try and make unity. He's just trying to stay unified. Stay, stay in unity. He says, don't, it's not this idea of, well, I tried once, but that person's just seriously a jerk. I don't even know if they're saved, you know. I, they're real, probably really not even a Christian, and, you know, I tried to love them, but they're just unlovable. He's like, make every effort, meaning it's going to take some more work sometimes. The word effort, um, if you look that one up, it just says a vigorous or determined attempt. Youth, remember this. Work is a vigorous or determined attempt. If you want a job, you know, show your employer that you're vigorous and that you're determined and that you're going to make an attempt to make them more money. That's the only reason they're going to hire you. They don't care if you don't have a job or that you need a job or want a job. They're only going to give you a job if you make them more money. Right? It's true. It's for free. So, but you know what? We're not wired naturally to do that. We're not wired naturally to have this idea of giving a vigorous and determined effort. You know, I'm going to prove that to you. Can everybody raise your hands as high as you can? Just raise your hands as high as you can. Right on? All right. Okay, now, now you raise them as high as you can. Okay, good. Now just raise them a little bit higher. Oh, whoa. Well, look at that. Look at that. How many of you just were re- able to realize that you just, you just were able to raise them a little bit higher? See, because the first time I said raise them as high as you can, you're like, eh. Because we're not wired naturally to do that. And Paul's saying the same thing. Make every effort. He's like, hey, you got to be on purpose doing your best at this idea of, of maintaining unity. It's not just going to happen all by itself. This idea of being one, it doesn't just happen. He says, make every effort to do that. Uh, and he says there's some good ways to do that. And guess, guess what it is. It's not choosing, you know, to tolerate people first off. It's choosing to be somebody who is uh, who's much easier to get along with. You know, you know what those people look like? Number one, it says they're humble. They, they got this idea of humility, uh, and which is just a, it's a modest view of your importance. We're, we're realizing that it's not all about you and how fast you can build a tower. It's, it's this idea of, you know what, I'm just going to let others be better than me. Um, there's some things that can humble you. Life can humble you. Uh, I remember when I, back when I was a youth leader, I took our, kid, our, our youth group roller skating uh, so we, we don't, I don't, anybody do that anymore? I don't even know if it exists. But we went to this roller garden and we were there. And uh, I think, I don't know, my wife was like 14 at the time. And, and I thought I would show off to this group of, of kids that like I am super cool. So I had roller blades and I, I, there's a, a wall that's about this high. And I, I was going to jump over that wall uh, and, and show them how cool that was. So I tried and I just ran right into a post. And it was like, oh man, that hurt like a lot. Uh, and so I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And all of a sudden, one of them was like, chicken, chicken. And then they all started like, chicken, chicken. I was like, okay, well, I need some help. So they had these like chairs you could sit on to put your roller skates on, a big round table thing. So we slid that up against the wall. And I thought, I'll jump on the table and then over the wall. It'll be so amazing, even better. So the youth, was probably about 25 of them, lined up in two lines. And uh, I started at the beginning and went between them as they're like, yeah, go, go, go. And jumped on the table over the wall and crumpled on the other side. And they were laughing. They're all looking over the edge, laughing at me as I'm laying on the floor. I broke my leg. 
uh, broke my ankle, broke the roller blade, which was a rental, and uh, there I am laying there, and I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get home. Like, I, I, I was like, and they're all laughing, thinking this is hilarious, and, and I'm like, shoot, I'm like the leader. Our church got letters about it later on saying, you have the most irresponsible youth pastor ever. You should fire him. Um, but I thought it was going to be great, and life humbled me. So, yes, think. Life, life can humble you. There's other things that can humble you. Life can humble you. A wife can humble you. Uh, I've told you this story before, but my wife, it's her gift and her calling, she thinks, to uh, keep me humble. So if I ever get out of line, she finds a way. But um, a while back, uh, when we were first married, I was ill and needed to, uh, I needed frequent um, blood work done. And so I'd go to the hospital to get blood work done. Well, then one day, they said the nurse was going to come to our house to get the blood work. So she came to our house, and she had called Beth. And so Beth said, yeah, the nurse is going to be here at 10 a.m., and she, uh, she needs you to prepare a stool sample as well. And I was like what? Really? I'm like, well, what do I do? Like, you know, I, I was like, they didn't send anything to collect it. And I'm like, so I like, I got a Tupperware container and, and I'm, and I'm like, this is just so odd. And, and as I'm sitting there kind of thinking, you know, how am I going to make this happen? Then all of a sudden it dawns on me like, wait a second, this is not how you do it. She would have let me give a stool sample to a nurse who just came to get blood work. Uh, and I'm like, who does that? But Life can humble you, wife can humble you, or you can just, you can just choose, choose. I know, I, I hope that's not what you remember after tonight. But I hope that, <laughs> I hope that you, you dirty minds, I hope that you can choose to be humble. This idea of just choosing to, to realize that, you know what, it's not all about me. I'm not the greatest person on this planet. I'm, I'm replaceable. There's, there's this idea of living to serve, serve others do you realize that that's one of the greatest things you can offer to the body of Christ is just to do life uh, with humility, just a genuine humility? The Bible just says there too, make allowance for their faults. Do you realize that you're going to be around people, rubbing shoulders with people who have faults? Take a look at the person next to you. Guess what? God is not done with them yet. I know. I know. Some of them have come a long way. But, but God's still working in their lives. Maybe you're married to that person you just looked at. You know, God's not done with them yet. He's still working and uh, I can't make you talk to each other anymore. This is out of hand. This, this reminds me of youth all of a sudden. Now I know why I got a different job. But it, it's this idea of making every effort um, and making allowance for faults because of your love. Do you realize it's really easy to love people you don't know? It, it's so true. There's tragedy that happens around the world, and everybody's like, oh, those poor people in Haiti. I'm just going to sell my car and give the money to them. And, and I love all of the people in Africa because I've never met one. It's those people in my church I just can't stand, right? It's those people in my family, the ones who you're closest to. Those are the ones that are tougher to love. But he's saying, hey, make allowance for faults. This idea of trying to keep this oneness because it's what's so important to him. So in Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3, he's talking about all this stuff that he's done in you. Guess why he did it in you? Guess why he's done all of that for you? It was this idea that he could create oneness with a church, oneness with people. Um, you know, J Jesus said to his disciples, you know, the only way people are going to know that you're actually my disciples is not because you're in Kingsway on Saturday night. It's not because you call yourself a Christian or wear Christian t-shirts. What did he say? Anybody know? John 13, 35. Anybody know what that says? Yes. You will know you're my disciples because of your love for one another. 
that genuine love for one another. That's what, that's this idea of saying if you're really a follower of Jesus, you, you have this kind of love for one another. You choose that kind of love. And, and so then um, Paul says in verse 4, he says, we actually have so much more in common than we realize. He's like, there's one, there's one body, one body. His body is the church uh, on the planet, the people on the planet. It's not a church. It's not, Kingsway by itself is not the body of Christ. Do you realize that the body of Christ is meeting in the, in the church next door? Not right now, but tomorrow. You know, that, that potentially the body of Christ is meeting in all kinds of places, churches, homes, work, Tim Hortons, all over this county, that, that his body is meeting and regularly uh, getting together. To me, that says, you know, there's so much division in the, in the body of Christ. There's so much division in churches and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when I read this, he just says there's just no room for that. There, you know, you might not fit really well in a church. You might not like, you know, their hymns or their pastor or how he dresses or whatever. It doesn't give you any right to say anything negative about that church. Never in this place is it okay to say something negative against another church. Why? Because we're on the same team. That's good for a lot of you because a lot of you, you know, this isn't your home church. We're on the same team. We are on the same team. I love churches of Simcoe getting together for, uh, for what's it called? Loves, we believe in Simcoe Day. This idea of let's just get together and do something together as a team. And I think it makes them smile. Why? Because he says that's one body working together. We might meet in different places, but we're one. He says one spirit. You think about this. The same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus the same Holy Spirit that lived in all the apostles, those great guys we read stories about, the same Holy Spirit who in the book of Acts did all that cool stuff, he's the same Holy Spirit that lives in you if you're a follower of Jesus. He's also the same Holy Spirit that lives in these young kids right here and, and the really young ones over there. There's no junior Holy Spirit. So our expectation sometimes of what kids could do, why? Because he says you're one. The division, the separation, he says, just not there. You know, that's why we said we have a, a child involved in this as well. This idea of oneness. One hope. One hope for the future. I love that because he's probably just saying, you know what? You're going to have to spend eternity with them whether you think they're going to make it or not. Uh, so you might as well love them now because you're going to for eternity. This, this idea of one hope. One, and then he says one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one, one, one. There's one God and Father over all and living through all. Do you get his idea of what he's trying to say? The, 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 the whole point is one. One. So on to number two. Paul's going to talk about gifts and differences in the body later on. But the, the whole thing is none of those gifts matter if it's not all about one. If the gifts are like, oh, I'm just going to build my stack because this is what God has done in me. And he's given me the ability to speak. And he's given me the ability to preach. He's given me the ability to sing. Look at me, look at me, look at me, everybody, look at me. You turn into King Julian from Madagascar. And you're just like, you know, this, this idea of it's all about me. There's nothing good in that. Nothing at all. And for, for I, I say, just use the things that, that, you know, God has put in my life. But it's for this idea of one. For the idea of building a body, serving one another, and maintaining a unity. Um, there's an incredible thing that happens when people get united in a cause. Do you ever realize, you know, how powerful um, people are when they just have that one common thought and one common vision? It can be for great, great good, and it can be for great, great evil. Hitler was as, as uh, effective as he was because he got people believing what he believed. They marched and thought as one. You hear in, you know, the movies we love, you know, Gladiator. Whatever comes through those doors. That's not his accent, but whatever comes through those doors. 
we're, we have a much better chance if what? If we stick together. If we do this thing together. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible has it too. It says the, 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 the 100, 120 people were meeting in one room. It says they were followers of Jesus. They were disciples. It says in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, that they were in one accord and had one mind. And I, I look something up. It says this. This, this unique Greek word helps us to understand the uniqueness of the Christian community. It's a compound of two words meaning to rush along and in unison. That's what this idea of one mind is, rushing along in unison. The image is almost musical. A number of notes are sounded, which while different, they harmonize in pitch and tone. So as the instruments of a great concert, under the direction of a concert master, so the Holy Spirit blends together the lives of the members of Christ's church, making an incredible symphony and song out of our lives. Why? Because they blend together. They're different, and yet they blend together. One, one, one heart, one mind. I, I want to share the last thought with you tonight is one vision, just one vision. You know, Paul's talking about the whole church when he's talking about this. He's talking about the church that's meeting here tonight, the church that's meeting in China, you know, tomorrow, wherever. Uh, all over the world, there's this oneness of the church. But I wanted to, to, to just um, challenge you tonight to think about how it applies to us as one um, body here at Kingsway Church. What is Kingsway all about? Do you realize that a healthy body is made up of healthy cells? That's what makes it healthy. So my, my thought tonight is that there's not any kind of division in, in what I want to share in the next five minutes. That, that, but I really want you to listen close. Uh, the idea of that is not to cause division between us and the church next door, but rather to say, let us at least strive to be a healthy cell so that, you know, in the body of Christ, we're one of the cells that is healthy. Why does Kingsway exist? Anybody, anybody know why Kingsway exists? <laughs> That's a typical Sunday school answer, right? Jesus wanted. I like it. It's true. I, I'm guessing that that is why, um, that's why we exist. There's a part of it. But you know what? I, as I thought about it over the last few months, uh, actually, we've been sitting to get down and saying, you know, what, what's, what's the point? You know, there's lots of churches. Why another one? Why are we still, why are we still here? Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we doing Saturday nights? Why are you here on Saturday nights? What is the idea of this group of people that meets and calls himself a church? Do you realize that there's a, there's a problem that we have in our, in our, uh, in our local community here? There's, there's a big problem. You know, in 2011, there was 46,000 people in Haldeman County. 46,000. Do you realize that the majority of them, the majority of those people are not connected to a, a local church? They're not. They're not connected to a church anywhere. To me, that's a big problem. You know what? And I say, well, why not? Why aren't they connected to a local church? Church in Canada over the last, you know, the hundreds of years has not done itself too many favors. It's kind of shot itself in the foot when it comes to what the church looks like. Just watch TV and, and, and you'll see, you know, or talk to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about church? What are the words that they're going to use? Any other ones? No? You just haven't talked to enough on church people. They just want your money. They don't care about your money. They just want my money. So that's why I'm not, I'm not going. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons why people aren't connected to, to church. Uh, there's a lot of churches, you know, that have done things in the name of Jesus that he would never have done. And so what we felt is that we're not just going to, you know, be here with this idea of, you know, we're, yeah, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll do church or we'll have services. What does he actually want us to do and to be? And so um, th what I want to 
just throw out here for you is not something that's changing us, because Kingsway, I think you guys do a really, really great job of this. But it's just clarifying this is who we are and why we're, why we're here. Why does Kingsway exist? We've, you know, in seven years, it finally took us seven years to actually put together a vision statement. My goal is that you could memorize this that you just remember it wherever you are, always thinking that, you know, if you're connected to this place, thinking, is this what I'm doing? Is this what I'm a part of? And the reason that, that I, you know, I'll even pay money. So to the first person next Saturday who comes and can quote this, this next line to me, I'm going to pay you five bucks. No, they're not that excited. I'll give you $10. She's in. All right, so here it is. This is why Kingsway exists. It's to build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of. To build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of. In everything that we're doing, on Saturday nights, what are we doing? We want to build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of. Here's why. Here's why. Let me share this with you. Number, a couple thoughts. What do those words mean? We spent hours and hours and hours trying to figure out what words to use. And so if you're visiting with us tonight, I know this is probably sounds a little bit odd because, you know, you're like, ah, what are they doing? Um, that's okay. Some of the ones who are regulars here are asking the same question. Um, what, what are they doing? I, I want you to know that you know that as a group, however many we are, we're going in that one direction to do this, to build. Why? Why do we use the word build? Because the Bible says that Jesus is building a church. He's building something. It's not like he just like, oh, it's a miracle. He just created it out of nothing. He's actually using what, what he has, which is us, to build something healthy, why? Because we don't want to just grow numerically. We're not all about having a crowd. We're not just the idea of, hey, let's get as many people in here and then rip the walls down and get as many people into there and then rip the walls down. Not just so we can say, wow, we did really well. Because I could, I could just say, I thought it was me, but it's probably that. So um, it's going to be a good picture. Healthy, healthy. The idea that it's, it's a healthy place to be. That, you know, it looks like this idea of oneness, that that's happening, that, that we're healthy, life-giving. Do you realize that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, so it's always going to be about him? If you ever see us doing stuff and it doesn't, it's not about Jesus, come and just say, Mark, hey, that sentence you showed me, what is this? Does this line up with that? Do you realize that people really need life? <laughs> you hear people say, go get a life. Well, they need one. They need genuine, true life. So, you know, the, the, the fact that Jesus is life, we realize that what Jesus was like, he's loving, he's accepting, he's forgiving, he's encouraging. You know, there was, a, there was a something about him that made people want to be around him. The, 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 the fourth word there is church, to build a healthy, life-giving church. Church is not this building. Church is not this service. Church is not Saturday night. Church is you. Just look to the, tell the person next to you, church is you. Church is you. Church is you. Do you know how you get a healthy, life-giving church? With healthy, life-giving people. <laughs> healthy, life-giving marriages. Healthy, life-giving families. Healthy, life-giving children's ministry. A healthy, life-giving youth ministry. Healthy, life-giving worship team. Healthy, life-giving cafe that serves unhealthy snacks. But healthy and life-giving uh, uh, is that idea of whatever we do, however we serve, we want to create something that's healthy and life-giving. Why? Do you realize that I found out this week that we have 100 volunteers who uh, serve here at Kingsway? 100 volunteers. I, I know, that's, that's pretty amazing for a church this size. That there's a, they usually say that 20% um, of the people do 80% of the work. 
That's so backwards here, which I love. You know, it's the idea that there's 100 people. Thank you. Thank you for serving. Why am I serving, though? I want you to always think the reason why I'm downstairs in kids' ministry is not because I'm babysitting someone's brats. It's this idea of I'm creating a healthy, life-giving kids' ministry that these kids are going to want to become a part of, that there's parents who don't know the Lord, but because their kids love children's ministry here, they're like, you know what? There's got to be something there that I, that I want and need. So it's this idea of, of uh, us deciding together that Kingsway, we're here to build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of. This was the hardest word for us, unchurched. Unchurched people. They said, well, why don't you just say people? Because then you might go to other churches and grab grumpy people and bring them here. Or you might be like, well, we just want to reach people in general. And you know what? My wife's a people, and she's here, so I'm doing good. You know, and my husband, well, he's a people, and he's here. And we bring, we bring our five little peoples for kids' church. So we're doing that. We're reaching people. You know, our, our family's a people. Do you realize it's so easily what the enemy can do is he can, if he can't get you, you know, focused um, on, on, on sin and whatever else, he'll just get you focused on you. He'll just get churches focused just on us, and it's all about us. And wow, you know, there's no more room, so let's just stop doing anything. But this idea of, you know what, his heart, the reason that he gave his life was there's, there's people who are just not connected to church. They're not connected to him. They're not connected to his family, and he cares deeply. But so do I. I, I believe that that's why we're here is to change things, to realize that, you know, it's not all about us. We're simply here to serve, to serve our master, to serve our Savior, that his heart would be in us, that it would be, you know, unchurched people. All it means is people who just aren't going to church yet. They're not a part of a church. They're not connected to his family yet. That they would want, big word want, because you know what? Nobody's forcing anyone to be here. Something that people would want. What, what could you do that would make someone want to become a part of a, of a healthy, life-giving church? Love them, accept them, forgive them, encourage them. <laughs> I tell you, you know, there's things last part, want to become a part of. You know, we don't want just people to attend. And tonight, maybe you're here and Saturday night's like just kind of a thing you do. You just come and take in the show, but, but it's this idea of becoming a part of. Because there's an incredible family that you can become a part of. With a relationship in Jesus Christ, you can have that. Do you know why? Because then, you know, realizing that, that you're a part of something, people will see in your life something that's real. They'll hear in your words something that they desire. They're going to find an acceptance that they crave. They're going to find a Savior that they'll follow. Why? Because they've found themselves in a healthy, life-giving church that wants, you know, that's, uh, that, that, that unchurched people want to become a part of. You know, I got, I got an email every week the last couple of weeks for a seminar. I'm ending with this. This is it. Um, ending with a seminar. That, the, the seminar was called Why Nobody Wants to Go to Church Anymore. They kept sending it to me. I was like, yeah, it's the wrong guy, you know. But as I, I read the flyer, I'm like, okay, I'll see why nobody wants to go to church anymore. And as I read the answers, this is what I saw. I read the answers. They, they said, in three hours, we'll solve your problems, and you'll be able to go back, and your church will rock. And I was like, three hours? Whoa, this is, and it's only $25. Uh, it's probably amazing. But, but this is what I read. I read this. They're going to teach you to do this. They're going to teach you to welcome people just as they are. I thought, man, Kingsway, you do a great job of that welcoming people just as they are, but don't lose that because just as they are is going to keep looking different. Last Sunday, two Sundays ago, I had a foster girl that was at our church here. She had, she had just come back after being away for a while. I didn't ask her to share her story, but I, I'm going to share it anyways. She, um, 
she had said to, she said to me, you know, she said the first time I was at, at my foster parents' home and they were going to force me to come to church, I was like, that's it, I'm not going, I hate church. And, she, and she's like, I'm not dressing up. And they're like, good, because you don't have to. So she came, she said, I wore, my, I wore my dirtiest clothes I could find. She's like, I was like, I'm going to show them. And I got here, and guess what? You loved her. She spent a bunch of time here. She got relocated to another place. She came back just for a couple weeks. And while she was here, she sat and she told me, she said, you know what? I, I hated this place before I came here until I got here. I said, now as I'm leaving here, I, I'm being moved to another home, but this is the closest thing to family that I've ever had. Why? Because you, you, you welcome them just as they are. You know, accept people's thoughts and doubts through fearless conversation. You know, let people belong here until they believe. We've had people sit here for, for, for weeks trying to figure out, you know, can I, can I get with this, this Jesus person? And guess what? You were okay with that. You know, you had people who come to Christ and still had addictions, and, and you, you've been okay with that, to just encourage them, to love them in spite of it, and say, you know what, we're here to journey through life together in genuine humility. <laughs> See that in, in you as well, and to connect with God in fresh ways. To be passionate about connecting with Him uh, is a big voice, hearing His voice and acting on it. So as I read things like this, I, I realized that I don't want to add to the problem. I don't want to add to the problem of why people don't want to go to church anymore. What I want to do is be the solution. As Kingsway Church, uh, that's why we wrote this to say, let us be part of the solution. So why, why are we here? That's why. Because we want to we build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of. But why now? Why now? Because the stories of people that you've heard of in this place, there are others just like them. We heard the prayer request tonight, people cutting themselves. Uh, I got a text from somebody today. Their son is, you know, uh, tr- attempting to take his own life in a prison cell out west right now, and their family's devastated. There's so many hurting people, and guess what? They're not really far away from us. They're at your jobs. They're at your school. The stories of those who've been changed, the marriages that have been saved, the addictions that have been broken, the darkest storms that have been weathered, Man, there's people who still need that. How many more are still simply just looking for hope, hope that we have? So my question for you is to ask this. How will I serve? How will I build? How will I live? How will I give? How will I talk to see us build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of? I was going to give you all a brick and say, and say, you know what, at, at this point, if you're with me, come and put it on the wall. But I thought, what if no one's with me? I just would rather not know. But I want you to, <laughs> I, I want to give you some time. I want to give you some, can we put that back up there? I want to give you some time to think about this. Because as Saturday night especially, I want to ask you this thought. Is this what burns in your heart the same to say, you know what, yeah, I, I get that. I, not just we, but I want to help build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched friends, unchurched family, unchurched co-workers would want to become a part of. I would ask that you prayerfully consider thinking about that and realizing as we get together, that's what we're here to do. When you invite people, know they're going to be loved, accepted, and forgiven. Why? Because you're going to love and accept and forgive those who come through those doors. May this be a place where people really find Jesus Christ, find hope, find healing, find life, true life. Some of you are, you know, you're, you're, you're spiritual people, and you're looking at that and going, well, that ain't real spiritual. It's not the end-all and be-all, that's for sure. But all I want it to be is that it's memorable. Something you say, yep, you know what? Ten bucks or not, I'm quoting this next week. Thank you for being this. Thank you for living this out. 
May we continue to keep that as our heart and vision and head in that direction together because you know what? With God, all things are possible. It's amazing what he can do through, through, through people who have that oneness, oneness of mind, oneness of heart, oneness of vision. Can we pray? Father, thank you for, for what you've done because really it is all about you. You're the one who saved us. You're the one who's called us. You're the one who's forgiven us. You're the one who's drawn us close, given us your Holy Spirit, speaking to people right now. God, I know this burns in my heart. I know you put it there. I just pray tonight that you just sow this seed into, into others' hearts, that as they go wherever they may go, they may be healthy, life-giving people. We're just bringing, bringing such good news to those who need it, that those people would want what they have. Father, thank you for every person that's here tonight. I know it's not by accident. I just pray that, that everything that you desired for them, that that would happen in their lives tonight. I pray there just remains an openness to, to that as they hang out in the cafe and are talking to one another. Thank you for our kids and thank you for our teens. Thank you for our, the adults in this place that together as one, we'd be your church. Love you a lot, Jesus, for your name and your glory and your fame. Prince. Amen. Amen.